Welcome to The Student Podcast. This is where two guys get together and we discuss and learn how to be students of Jesus Christ. So good to have you today. All right. Well, now I get to get all my junk organized. <laughs> junk. I hope the book's not junk and my Bible's not junk, but no. <laughs> all my stuff. I always felt so bad as a kid throwing away my bible <laughs> you throw away your bible because I, I had like a really ratty tatty bible mm-hmm. and, like, the cover was falling off and everything my mom was so sweet she would iron the pages are you serious it was, like you know how kids bibles get yeah yeah, yeah. All bunched up and scrumpled and everything and she would put it on low right, did you say that's how kids bibles get yeah that's how my bible gets <laughs> <laughs> well it was yeah it was bad like the bottom quarter and the top quarter of each page were intelligible at Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's certain pages of my Bible that are very messed up, but that's yeah. that's that's, that's well, good. That means that, exactly. It's yeah. it, it means find the old paths. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, it's been about 17,236 years since we've met. You, <laughs> uh, children have come into the world. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a father experientially now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was, I think I told you this. I went through and uh, looked at what our most popular download was on Sermon Audio. And our conversation about the discipline of marriage was by and far the most downloaded recording of all the recordings from this past year. So, wow. uh, so uh, there's something I think that people actually enjoy about well, just having good. honest conversations. They may have to wait a long time in between episodes, but <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. Because Keep we're both with bated breath. <laughs> well, we're both fathers with busy lives and sometimes we just meet and we're just going to meet because we just want to talk yeah. and not, not record things. Yeah. So, and that's, that's good. Yeah. So, well, Hey, you want to pray for us to start? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you um, just for another day of life and the opportunity to um, have breath in our lungs, Lord, to live for you. We pray, Lord, that you would um, bless this time, that it would be honoring to you, that you would open our eyes to see great and wondrous things out of your law, mm. Lord, that you would use uh, this book through Arkent Hughes, uh, Lord, to encourage us and to build us up in Christ. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, uh, we've moved into a new section. Uh, as we uh, went into the section of the soul, uh, and so last two times we talked was on the discipline of the mind. Uh, today he moves us into the discipline of devotion. Um, it's kind of a blurry line where this chapter and the next chapter on prayer. Yeah. Uh, I, I wondered if you picked that up too. Yeah, because he was talking about praying god's word and, and all these things and worshiping and like and i think even um like the acronym acts you know adoration <laughs> confession i'm like okay um uh, i think it helps set the backdrop for maybe a more detailed discussion of prayer um just yeah. because i think i think what he's trying to do is set the basics in place of what is our heart of interacting with god period mm. whether that's in public whether that's in private whether that's prayer reading meditation like what is what does that look like nuts and bolts because it doesn't just look like getting down on your knees muttering words and getting up or opening mm. your bible to whatever page reading and getting up and 
I think I think that might be his intent, but I was confused too because I was like, "Oh, we got prayer next and um, worship after that," you know. So yeah, I, yeah, I almost feel like it was just like I, I, well, it was probably right. a good introduction to setting the scene for what's going to come next in the subsequent chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, he he just kind of really jumps into it with uh, with prayer right at the front, um, and it's about our our personal character mm-hmm. um just thinking confessionally you know uh, what is prayer <laughs> prayers and offering up of our desires unto god for things that are agreeable to his will oh shoot in the name of christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies hey boom shakalaka like man wow that's that great yeah. From the past. <laughs> yeah right that's good so westminster shorter catechism drilled into you good um now down the larger oh i, I, I just get i just get you don't have to <laughs> yeah that's that's not as far back but it's harder <laughs> yeah uh i wouldn't be able to quote it to you uh largely the same just expanded yeah. um but uh I thought it was helpful that uh, the uh, Arkett Hughes specifically talked about uh, it being Christ in us and also moving us toward Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that that was helpful. Um, mm-hmm. Lois was uh, from the Washington congregation was giving her update on South Sudan, mm-hmm. uh, and she was just talking about how in South Sudan it became very important to her to make sure that she was spending you know, at least one to an, one hour to an hour and a half every day mm. just reading her Bible and praying. And she was saying it was that three months in South Sudan, uh, one, because there's just by nature of it less things you can do. Uh, it'd be you know, her walk with the Lord became that much more sweet to her. Like mm-hmm. Christ became that much more to her. Uh, and she s- recognized more of the things that God was doing because she was praying more. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, when I was in the States, I never imagined you know, that I could spend an hour and a half doing my devotions. Mm-hmm. And she was like, now I can't imagine ever doing less. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like mission accomplished. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, I just thought it was a great testimony uh, from a, a young Christian woman yeah. coming back from the mission field for yeah. what did that look like. Yeah. Um, the sad reality, though, is what he points out with professional clerics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do pastors pray? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who who knows if they do or don't? <laughs> I think, you know, and I... I think, you know, you wonder why, why the church, generally speaking, evangelically in America is how it is. And, you know, a, a pastor's not necessarily publicly accountable to his congregation mm-hmm. for laboring in prayer. But I think a lot of the fruit that is or is not seen might be attributed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. So two, two two quick stories from this one from this morning one from a while back. Uh, this morning I was downstairs and I was you know the kids were doing their schoolwork and uh, I had been praying for different people in the congregation. So I was sitting there in my chair, eyes closed, praying. You know I can hear what the kids are going to 
make any fusses or get in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I just had my eyes closed and I was specifically praying for the pillings. Uh-huh. Right? They're going uh, in, on a trip. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, somehow Olivia snuck in the room and she kissed me while I was praying. <laughs> I was like, whoa! <laughs> it's like a lightning bolt from heaven. You know, I was not expecting that because she had come home and, and like she wasn't, man, it was, it was really funny. Oh, funny. <laughs> that was the quickest I had ever stopped praying. <laughs> um, but I, I'll, I'll never forget one time I was, I was kind of struggling spiritually and uh, really wrestling with some things and I went to a Presbytery event and Matthew Sexton, who's uh, a pastor out in Western Kansas, I just remember he's he's got like this these piercing blue eyes, and you know he's he's just a very straight person. And he just asked me very gently, he said, "Are you still praying, Brian?" Hmm. And I realized, well, yes, I was praying. The zeal for prayer hmm. had begun to wane. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying long un- long uninterrupted times with the Lord. Hmm busy schedule and not prioritizing my life had kind of squeezed that down Mm -hmm. to where it was just yeah i pray Mm. but kind of like what he was actually saying here you know uh you are sort of okay and i i guess i am too yeah (laughs) like that i that that struck a chord with me that i was like as a pastor like Mm. it's it's just as easy for a pastor to get so busy doing stuff mm-hmm. that forgets that the you know the primary things of the ministry is word and prayer, right? Um, and so, just just two stories that I I thought of as I was reading this. Yeah, <laughs> one very recently. <laughs> <laughs> I think, man, if every one of my prayers ended with Olivia kissing me, I might pray a lot more. <laughs> that sounded really blasphemous. I really didn't mean it that way. Uh, but in in the next paragraph, after he, he talks about this, um, what are some of the reasons why he says that men don't pray? And and this is a book for men. Yeah. Right. So why, what are some reasons, uh, generally why men don't pray? Yeah. Well, he correlates it to men not going to church as much mm-hmm. and not reading as much. He says they're not as spiritually sensitive and open as women. And we, as men tend to be very time focused, very task focused with mm-hmm. our, the work ethos of our culture of mm-hmm. like, um, you know, work, work now so you can play later but the duties of home and family and self um are not um emphasized yeah Um, yeah and so uh what he wants to do in this section uh is kind of cultivate a prayer life let let me just ask kind of if you if you don't mind being vulnerable um what are some of the things that you have found that have made it difficult to pray yeah I think not praying <laughs> and I, that sounds trite, but the more you don't pray, the more you don't pray. Mm. Um, and I found myself, especially with the busyness of life, it's easy to make an excuse one day and then it's even easier to make a lamer excuse the next day. And before you know it, you've gone days without prayer and you're like, why do I feel this way? You know, why mm. do I feel distant from God? Why, you know, why is this happening? And you look back, well, that was a dumb excuse. That was an even dumber excuse. Mm. Um, so I think just the, the as we're creatures of habit, um, yep. not making it a habit because hmm. uh, if it's a not habit, it's not going to happen on a one-off. And if it does, it's not going to be the product of cultivated wrestling with the Lord. Hmm. Um, so I think that's one thing. And um, 
I think just formalism too, mm-hmm. where you know you can have a prayer list and be like, okay, I'm gonna pray for leaders and I'm gonna pray for friends and needs and praises and whatnot, and, and you get into a form. And those those things are great, um, and we should be praying for those things. But to go into prayer and say like ten items later, uh, Amen, constitutes prayer mm. is missing the mark. Mm. Versus coming into prayer and understanding it as true communion with the living God and being in his throne room through the intercession that coming to it with a very impersonal bent really sucks away the blessing that is offered in prayer, I think, in my experience. So. Yeah, I, I'm going to just go ahead and jump to the kind of end of the chapter with this uh, Martin Luther in his little book, How to Pray, you know, Dr. Martin to his barber. Mm. Um, he actually talks about this method of prayer. You know, he'll go through the Lord's Prayer petition by petition, and then he'll uh, go through the Apostles' Creed and the Ten Commandments, and he'll kind of go through, you know, what's required and what's uh, what things he has broken, you know. Mm. Um, and after after going through all this at one point in the in this little book he says uh, but sometimes you only get to the second petition <laughs> and it so grips your soul hmm. that you stand there before the holy place of god and that is all you can dwell on hmm. and you pray more at that time than as if you had gone through this entire method hmm. and so i think that's what you're getting at right like mm-hmm. we can bring all of our supplications to the lord but sometimes there's periods of adoration Mm -hmm. that just your soul is so gripped that that's the most real prayer you've had Mm -hmm. and you just had one thing i I know some people who almost kind of like crisis times in their lives and they're they're really only praying for one thing but they've never prayed more with what the holy spirit said or what the the lord says about the holy spirit praying for us with words beyond groaning Mm -hmm. you know um and so I, re- I was really appreciative uh, that he even brings us up, right? We must also be cautioned against imagining from the outline we're using, meditation, confession, adoration, submission, petition, that there is a prescribed order for devotion, mm-hmm. for there is not and never has been, <laughs> right? Uh, the, it, I like the ACTS model. Mm-hmm. I love praying the Lord's Prayer, using that as I've before used the Ten Commandments when I'm going through you know, confession and examining my heart and praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes you can get so sucked into your prayer matrix. I've got the exact same sheet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that then you actually end up, it's just a checklist. Yeah. Rather than, I mean, I can pull out my prayer calendar for the, for the month too for for January. It, it can happen with any prayer list, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that that means it's necessarily bad, you know, because right. that can turn into an excuse. Right? Well, I just don't want it to be a list, so I just might. So I'm just not going to pray. Right. Like it's such an incoherent thought, but I think all of us do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, I don't really want to go to this prayer meeting because all we do is it seems like we just pray for a whole bunch of people who are sick and stuff, and I just not sure it's worth my time. It's kind of like. Mm-hmm. you just said it's not worth your time to pray with and for others yeah um <laughs> it needs to be so spontaneous that it only happens once a year <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there are times where it's like your prayer is so palpable mm-hmm. it's like the the heaven the heavens have opened up and you 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 experientially feel like you are truly sitting in the throne room of god mm-hmm. um 
And I think those are sweet times, but to imagine that our prayer lives are always going to be like that, mm-hmm. I, I think can set people up for failure mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so he, he starts off with this idea of uh, cultivating devotion to God uh, with meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about this whole uh, God digging out an ear? That was interesting. I hadn't heard that rendering of uh, Psalm 40, verse 6 before. Yeah. Um, my understanding was it was a servant having his ear bored mm. um, as a mark of ownership. But um, this is an interesting where he talks about God basically taking a blockhead like us sinners <laughs> and opening our ears and giving us a way to hear him, mm. um, which is interesting. Um, and he says that the words of God are not merely to be read, but to, to be heard and to go to the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I would qualify that even not just to be heard, but to be listened to. <laughs> I think we all know the difference between hearing and listening. But yeah, yeah Olivia will tell me that. <laughs> yeah, I know you heard me, but you didn't listen. Right. Right. Uh, but this is this is Jesus' exact point, right? He who has an ear, let him hear. Right. Uh, this is the reality that you you need to actually lean in mm-hmm. and. I'm jumping down to the submission part, but you know, actually submit yourself to my teaching, submit yourself to my word. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, listening, right? Taking it to heart. Uh, I he didn't quote this, but I was thinking about uh, you know Hebrews chapter four about uh, the Lord's word being sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when we are truly listening, it's like a surgeon's scalpel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and Mm -hmm. it's uh it's when it seems the holy spirit is doing that to my heart Mm -hmm. that i'm most convicted and my Mm -hmm. prayers are most alive Mm -hmm. um and so uh that's what he 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 gets first in meditation by listening to god um interestingly he didn't he didn't point out here uh preaching Mm. (laughs) yeah uh I, I I was just curious, you know, um, has there have there been points in your Christian experience when you have heard preaching that has brought you to prayer or brought mm-hmm. you to doxology? Mm-hmm. Yeah, many times. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about that with my pastor. Like, there are times I have wept mm-hmm. in a pew, and the only thing I can do is pray mm-hmm. and praise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was just, I'm glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah, no. I wonder if he's talking more about personal devotion here mm-hmm. is maybe the backdrop of this, um, which I guess that's not outside the realm of personal devotion, but I, yeah, I wonder if that was more of his thought I'm, going into it. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, but I I think part of personal devotion, I was just talking to some about this on, on Sunday, you know, um, to make non-negotiable priorities in your life and talking with this person about like trying to make sure that being at worship is one of those non-negotiable priorities in their life you know just like you know i was telling them try to think about anything that's vying for your time or attention and you know i I was like i hope you take a shower regularly Mm -hmm. that's a non-negotiable in your life Mm -hmm. why because you know that for your own hygiene you need this well for your spiritual hygiene 
you need to be under the preach word. Mm-hmm. You need to be admonished by other saints. You need to be worshiping God, singing, you know, singing his praises. Um, and so I don't, I think sometimes we think of corporate worship as something outside of our personal devotion. Mm-hmm. But I think public worship is both the start and the culmination mm. of our private devotion. Mm. Right? It, this is when you know, we've read the word by ourselves, we've prayed it with our family, we've sung it individually, and now we get to come together mm-hmm. and do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still deeply personal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. It was just it was just something, um, this is a rabbit trail off of yeah, Kent Hughes' yeah. book. Um, but I thought, you know, when Jesus says this, you know, he's speaking to people and these letters, like what he's saying is going to be read and preached. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, sorry, that's just a pastor's comment maybe, yeah, but yeah. Um, it's one of the things that the Lord used in my heart. Yeah. In the, well, I mean, I was a Christian far more years than I've been a pastor mm. and the preached word was huge. Mm-hmm. Just, I think even too of you know singing God's word, and I've definitely fall, fallen into the rut of coming together. We sing God's word together, and that's what it is. Hmm. Rather than taking each line and okay, meditating on it as I'm singing it, or praying hmm. it back to the Lord as I'm singing it, taking a corporate experience and having a personal element to that. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it much more than just a formal group thing that we do, but a truly soul-enriching. I get to be adoring and worshiping and being convicted by the Lord in the with his people and community, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Isn't it wonderful sometimes when, uh, and it, maybe it's just over-sentimental, Brian, that, and that's fine, uh, but I think it's wonderful that there's times where, like, I'm going through a season in my life and I'm the one who picks out the Psalms. Uh-huh. And sometimes we'll get to a point in a Psalm where the words are so thick and palpable that I, I, I can't, like, I'm, I'm like weeping and trying to get them out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, these words are too good to be true. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, I, that's what I'm saying is like this, uh, this, sometimes we take corporate worship and we remove it from the, like it, it, it is both corporate, but it's we're living stones, right. each built upon each other. There's an individual aspect of corporate <laughs> nature. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we're like jumping two chapters ahead or something <laughs> like that. But that that's okay. Okay, we're gonna get off this uh, this rabbit trail. It's okay. just very dear to me. Uh, yeah. To uh, to hear and sing God's word in in the assembly. Uh, let, let's get to the second part of meditation. This is what we normally think about with Psalm one, for instance. Um, what does he mean by muttering? Yeah, he talks about using our mind and our mouth to have God's word continually before us. Because mm-hmm. Psalm one obviously says meditates on it day and night. Um, but he pulls from this that one of the elements of this that's inferred is memorizing God's mm-hmm. word, having mm-hmm. it stored in our heart so that we can pull it out in the middle of the night yep. and mull it over all the time. Yeah. yeah. There's a book up there, uh, top shelf, 
middle of the very top shelf. It's a kind of a fiction section I keep out of the reach of the kids. Uh, not all the books on there are age appropriate. And actually, one of them is the one I'm talking about. My name is Asher Lev. He's, uh, Chaim Potok is one of my favorite authors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and in that book, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it's a Jewish boy, and uh, he's at night, his mother is standing by a, a window, and it's raining, and he sees the uh, the street light illuminating his mother and and as he's sitting there drawing with charcoal his his mother um he sees her mouth moving hmm. and so he kind of leans in to try to figure out why why is her mouth moving who's she talking to and he i, th- I think he might actually use this word he says uh, she was muttering the psalms hmm. she, he might have said she was chanting them but like she was saying the psalms to herself mm-hmm. over and over you know as she was anxiously waiting for her husband to to return home from work mm-hmm. uh and i i think we might have lost some of that well i not, might have in the evangelical church i think a large number of people have lost this idea of you know, god's word being on their lips mm-hmm. because it takes work <laughs> mm-hmm. Why is it so hard to memorize God's word? I'm I'm asking you, Mister. Uh, you've studied the brain, man. <laughs> um, for me, it's hard just because it takes time, mm-hmm. and you know, memories are best encoded when you have you expose you're exposed to it. A certain time elapses where you forget it partially, and mm-hmm. you relearn it. Mm-hmm. And if that time between exposures is too long you're actually relearning it Mm -hmm. from scratch rather Mm -hmm. than reinforcing and constructing the memory better um and you still speak perfect spanish right no (laughs) (laughs) but um i found that even you know trying to get into you know 100 some verses that i would love to have on a regular basis Mm -hmm. i don't get to them as frequently as i Mm -hmm. want and then man like what on earth is this passage even about you know like (laughs) oh yeah this word's here and then all the you know everything else is you have to learn it from scratch and so i think just the time to keep it repetitive i mean just from a sheerly biological standpoint and and neurology standpoint you need to do that to effectively learn anything whether it's spanish or the bible Mm -hmm. and i think it that work especially for like he calls out men who are more interested in time and working hard enough to have leisure doing things that aren't <laughs> constructive like this, um, that gets put on the back burner. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah right. And, uh, just some, uh, just because we're talking, you know, uh, some very practical, helpful things. I think it's the Bible memory app. Right. Um, you know, I use it. Mm-hmm. Olivia uses it. Nathan uses it when he tries to memorize, we set stuff to song, Mm-hmm. Like every memory verse that we'd go through the topical memory system with the kids uh, as part of their homeschool. And so they memorize between one and three verses, sometimes four verses a week, you know, if it's a whole whole chunk. Um, and we try to find songs for every, I think there's a, uh, a teaching tool for mm-hmm. it, you know, um, but it still takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and just, you know, working with the kids and working with the kids and work, even the shorter catechism, we do one catechism question a week. And we purposely uh, have the ones that uh, are set to song. And so we, uh, I think it's Holly Dutton has recorded all the Westminster Shorter Catechism mm-hmm. with song and just listening to it and listening to it. So we listen through it two times, morning and evening. Um, but I, I just know like 
when I was in seminary, I took a whole class on memorizing Hebrew. Mm. Um, and Dr. Williams had us memorize Psalm 1, as well as uh, the Shema in Deuteronomy. And uh, Psalm 1, if I could get it going, I could probably you know, move for a while. Mm. Um, but with uh, the Shema, I found a kind of... Uh, Dr. Williams said it was more of a, a pop type song than it was like a rabbi singing. Uh, but I mean, literally I could, this is six years ago now. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Va'ahavta Et Adonai Elohecha Vekol Levevecha Ubekon Nefeshecha Ubekon Meodecha Because like the, the, you get a cadence and a rhythm. And, and so I think there's, there's part of memorizing that. For me, it's helpful when it comes to God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, I even uh, I think this is one of the beautiful things about singing the Psalms. Right, and this is one of the reasons why people get so upset about changing psalters. Right, people think, oh, it's just preference. You know, if you've sung a psalm for thirty years and you have that psalm memorized in your heart mm-hmm. by that tune, well, there's an argument to have. You know, whether that's good or bad, whatever. But the point is, that tune is tied to those words, and it's helpful in that way um i mean the but the the kids know the shema now mm-hmm. my five-year-old can say the shema because she can sing it because <laughs> i sing it to them at night before they go to bed you know mm-hmm. and, and so you know daniel always goes because <laughs> he, he knows the strength or variness you know right. um and so i think setting these things to song is and i think one of the most pedagogical helpful things for uh, memorizing scripture is putting things to song and and trying to have it regularly going. When I first became a Christian and coming into the RP world especially, oh man, I'm dating myself here, but I would get CDs and I just, those were the, I played four CDs in a row for that were from the Red Psalter just so I could start washing myself with with the singing of the Psalms and like get familiar with how does this work and, and, kind of burying these things in my heart on them. Mm-hmm. So my friend, Sam Robb, who just gave me these CDs and said, oh, I think this would be helpful to you. <laughs> and they were Olivia and I, that's all we listened to for like the first two years that we were married. We get in the car and turn on the Psalms. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I, I know you have to memorize vast amounts of information. G- give me some memorization tips that you might give someone, uh, if they wanted to try to memorize scripture. Oh, shoot. Well, I know my wife finds the singing very mm. helpful. I'm more of just a brute, let's get through this. Okay. <laughs> like, don't give me a song. Um, yeah. I found it helpful um, in a busy schedule. I'm trying to memorize um, some of Philippians. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have time for this. I've, you know, I got other stuff. You do have time. I, you know, I'm a, I have a 15 minute bus ride most days mm-hmm. to and from. And the nice thing about memory work is memorize as far as you can. You don't need anything, right? <laughs> like you, it's good to check yourself, but if you have a couple of verses, you know, you've got down, say them, you know, mm-hmm. find that time and, and you don't need your phone. You don't need anything to say them. Um, and then on those down moments, you know, everyone's got lunchtime or something or scrolling through, um, pull it up, just do one verse, do half a verse at a time. Mm-hmm. And I found it helpful to, do it, you know, do one verse, get that down. One verse, add one verse, and then always build off of something that you know. So that's not just 
brand new isolated verse every single time if you're trying to memorize a chunk of verses um and and just keep repeating the part you know and adding one part that you know and adding one yeah um and just doing that and doing that and i found you know read it through a couple times and then try the first part by yourself and then read the last part mm-hmm. you know and, and then stretch yourself a little bit more each time yeah that's the way i find it helpful like i said it's more just like a brute get it into your head yeah. type mo- model no no that's that's fine man i remember uh even if you could buddy up or partner with someone and mm-hmm. challenge them with this uh i remember when i was moving home from virginia so home california uh, my mom actually drove with me from virginia to california uh, maybe like a five day or six day road trip or something out of it uh and i was like mom i've never mem- memorized a Ten Commandments, word for word, mm-hmm. and she, and so I was like, so on this trip, we're going to memorize. I was like, Mom, we're going to memorize the Ten Commandments, word for word. I'm sure she was like, Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and so by the time we pulled, a wonderful time. By the time we pulled into Las Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> I had gotten it word perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it was like I mean, literally from you know. Uh, you know, I am the Lord thy God, you shall not make, you know, no, that's sorry, that's the second, second commandment. Uh, but uh, just that's a, that was the first time that I was like, but that helpfulness of like moving from one commandment to the next to the next. Mm-hmm. And so the Beatitudes was the same way over COVID. Uh, the Bible study in Burlington when we were meeting, uh, well, we still meet, but when we were meeting virtually, I was amazed how helpful it was to memorize the Beatitudes, just mm-hmm. one building off another, off another, off another. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh, he talks about some of those, you know, the Lord's Prayer is one that's great to memorize, Ten Commandments, uh, Beatitudes, um, saying it out, hearing it out, acting it out, singing it out. You know, these are different things I wrote down. Um, but what's the effects, right? So we've talked a whole lot about the mechanics of this type of stuff. Why would you meditate on God's Word? What are the effects? Yeah, he highlights three three effects and i'm sure there's more but he talks about revival the law of the lord is perfect reviving the soul wisdom which is all throughout psalm 119 and then increasing our faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god okay so here's where i'm gonna again ask you to be honest and be i'm just i'm putting you on the spot today man do you find those things to actually be true yeah yeah i mean i think i just think about the first one here revival um, and the times that I felt driest in my life with the Lord are almost always characterized by times of absence from his word. Mm. Um, and you, know, you find yourself, you know, why did I get where I'm at? And you look back and like, oh, okay, that's missing. And not always, but the Lord brings blessing with, with his word um, in short order. Um, and sometimes there's laboring with the Lord for that, but there is a promised blessing in coming to his word of reviving the soul. Um, it's not the law of the Lord might be perfect for some and revive the soul of some. If you really work at it, no, this is how it is, yeah. you know? Um, so I've definitely found that experientially in my life. Um, what about, yeah. Wisdom for you. How, how has God's word provided wisdom? For you? Oh man. <laughs> you know, uh, wisdom's this tricky, tricky thing, right? Um, how do you know the right thing to do and be able to actually accomplish that? Mm. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this one way, but then another way, right? Uh, one way in which I'm so thankful, uh, is, and this might sound really silly, but as a pastor, the more I have 
God's word stored in my heart. As one, I heard one pastor say this, you know, uh, memorizing God's word is like having a dollar in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You never know when you're going to need it, but you're going to be happy it's there when you do. I can't tell you how many times doing counseling, just mm-hmm. sitting down with someone, going into a nursing home, mm-hmm. you know, um, being with people when their family ones, when their loved ones are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, you, you know me, I, I rarely preach from a manuscript. I'm, I'm, I'm an outline type guy. Um, the Lord uses the words that are buried in my heart mm. from his word that it's like, oh, I was just memorizing this verse. Mm. And, and it comes out or it comes out in praying with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as if the Lord gives me words to speak that I didn't know that I would need those words. Mm. But because they're there they're ready mm-hmm. um so in that sense I, i'd say uh you know leaning on the lord for knowing how to speak his word and when to use those verses um but making wisers uh make, making me wise uh, and i <laughs> making me wise uh making wise the simple um you know, your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Um, <laughs> I don't want to sound uh, like a lie who in the, in the book of Job. You know, I, in many ways, I don't feel like the wise person. Mm. Um, but if oh, part of wisdom is, ma- is learning to make principled decisions, mm-hmm. uh, principal decisions based on godliness you know having uh, god's word as a compass of my heart you mm-hmm. know um verse he didn't uh, mention here from psalm 119 uh, 9 through 11 you know uh, that how shall a young man keep his way pure you know i've meditated on your word right it's a lamp unto my feet it, you know, it's a light unto my path these your, your word i've hidden in my heart that i might not sin against you these are and so in that way you know, it's kind of defining it negatively, mm-hmm. but learning these were the paths of death that I used to gleefully go down in my youth and the Lord teaching me by, I mean, this is where it initially started for me from Bible memorization, you know, memorizing when I first became a Christian, Matthew chapter five, you know, if you're right, I cause you to sin, gouge it out, mm-hmm. you know, learning specific verses that would teach me. No, flee from sexual immorality, Brian. Get out of there right away. Mm-hmm. Being able to use God's word to direct my steps away from the path of death mm-hmm. that I was so trained to walk down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably how I, I would answer it, but I I have so much more to learn and so much. Mm-hmm. Um, when your job is teaching and counseling by God's word, the failure is always on me <laughs> mm-hmm. when I fall short. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's, that's a hard thing for me, you know, cause I want to know God's word. And, but the reality is I need his Holy spirit to attend to the reading of his word, right. to the meditation of his word, to know what are the right things to say at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and prayerfully. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and so that, that was a good question, man. And I just gave you like a 16 minute answer. <laughs> um, so he's kind of talked about how to how to memorize it. You know, um, we've we've kind of gone through that. Mm. Um, I've done three by five. I I I'm just a big fan of however you get it in. 
Right? There have been times where I've had to use a whiteboard and I have to outline a verse to get it in to see what the inter- internal structure is. There's times that I've literally taped. Uh, this is probably dumb. <laughs> I'll either tape an index, a three by five index card to my steering wheel, or I'll put it over the speedometer <laughs> just so I can barely see the 55. You know, hit cruise control. Uh, we live on country roads, so I don't need to see the speedometer too much. Uh, just as long as I don't, I'm not speeding. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's even backlit at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just having it in front of my face and, and, and just saying it, um, I, I'm just a big fan. I don't care what method somebody uses. Mm-hmm. There's no, like we all learn differently. And there's, there's portions of scripture that are more difficult to memorize than others. There's mm-hmm. some that roll off the tongue and stick on the mind. And then there are others where it's like you're eating rocks and you don't know how to digest this. You know, I have to, with four kids trying to memorize Bible verses, you know, it's kind of like, I see them where some, some of them, we play games. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll literally go through and I'll erase one word of, at a time off the chalkboard, mm-hmm. chalkboard. So say it. Okay. Then I erase a random verb, say it. And then I erase, you know, a noun, say it. And then I erase a preposition, you know, and I just go through and just erase and erase, erase. Um, for other kids, you know, Olivia and I have put all the words on pieces of paper and jumbled up the paper and made them put the papers in order with the different words to build mm-hmm. it themselves because they're more tactile. Whatever. Right. <laughs> However you memorize, just memorize. Get it Get it into your heart, right? Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Mm-hmm. You're invest, you know, if you invest in a 401k, why would you not invest in your soul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, can, you don't let me preach like that, man. <laughs> you got to tell me, shut up. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, well, uh, do we have time to move on to confession? Um, Probably have another 25 minutes. Okay. Let's do confession because uh, adoration and, and submission are some of my favorites after that. Like an hour and 50 minutes for whoever's on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So confession. All right. So uh, here we go. This is This is practical application time. Tell me about your spontaneous confession. Spontaneous confession. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to put you on the as for being well, recorded. I have to be honest, right? I didn't read this part. No, just kidding. Really? No. You, you wanted a spontaneous confession, right? Okay. Hey, there you go. I, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. I was going to say, we could just stop it a few minutes ago and just pick it up. Uh, well, no, I, I I think it was helpful. You know, uh, What's the difference that he makes between spontaneous confession and systematic confession? Yeah, he talks about if there's sins that come to light, either from the Holy Spirit convicting our hearts or God's word pulling it to light, to just confess it to God right then and there. Hmm. Um, Don't wait till the sea and acts or whatever. Don't wait till the end of the day when you have your time with God. Um, Don't stay away from God's promise of forgiveness that if we confess our sins, Hmm. he's faithful and just to forgive us. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love, how do you not love Isaiah chapter six? You know, woe yeah. is me. Uh, yeah. I think and this ties into his next, which is why we're, we're not going to go there tonight. Uh, but the more we see the absolute holiness of God, mm. like this, this is one of the reasons why I need to be in my Bible mm-hmm. because the more I am devoted to God in his word, the more holy he is and the more utterly terrifying sin is Mm -hmm. um and recognizing each of those stories this is one of the big 
uh, mind shifts that I've had to do is not read myself into the heroes of the story. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before multiple times, but you know, when you read, like I'm going through Genesis right now, you know, uh, re- read through the Genesis account and, and you get to Noah and all of us want to be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I would be on the boat. Mm-hmm. No, there were only eight. Right. The vast majority of people were not on the boat. Mm. And I would be one of those not on the boat. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, that's uh, the more and more I read the stories and, and realize, hold on, I'm no better mm. than when David sins. I'm no better than when Noah gets drunk. I'm no better than when Adam ate the fruit. I'm no better in what I would want to do. And I see it in my own heart with Lamech, you know, I'll repay 70 times sevenfold, you know. When I realize I have that same sinful heart, mm. then I, it, it's at those moments when God is most holy to me mm. that Isaiah chapter six is more my experience. Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I, woe is me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm undone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that's telling that that is Isaiah's response in the context of being in God's presence, because I think it's only when we, truly understand god for who he is like isaiah did and when we're in his presence that sin takes on its true nature like, mm-hmm. if if god isn't who he said he is then sin makes sense but if you understand that god is holy if you understand the truth of the gospel that god hated sin so much that he sent his own son to die for it then sin in its true nature comes out um, and if, you know, if we just think confessing is saying sorry to God or, you know, like if we, if we're not hating our sin the way we should, it's, you know, I think the question to ask is, are we in God's presence? Mm-hmm. Are we coming to him in prayer? And are we truly, like you said, meditating on his holiness and being in awe of who he is? Because that's where it comes into its true light. Um, not just a bad remorseful feeling, um, of like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. No. Yeah. Yeah, and this this is where, you know, um, theological language for contrition, you know, Mm. I think true contrition comes from an understanding of who the Holy One of Israel is. Mm. Um, And he gets gets to that uh, in the systematic confession. Uh, The first thing he talks about is ontological confession. What in the world is he talking about? Ontological confessing. He talks about just confessing who we are by nature. Um, as sinners, mm. um, people who cannot do any good apart from God, understanding that the best we bring to God is filthy rags oh. in his sight, um, knowing that that's who we are, but then also from that, what have we done? And we've broken God's law and we haven't just broken it. We've broken it categorically as law breakers, but we've also broken specific laws mm. and because of that, we should be confessing our sins specifically. Um, so it's kind of those two aspects of, of confession here. Yeah, I love that the uh, Westminster Standards don't let us off. You know, I, I don't remember the exact languages either. Uh, con- confessing specific sins specifically or it's uh, particular sins particularly. Sure. <laughs> you know? uh, but the point is like, am I getting nitty gritty with my soul? Mm-hmm. Am I actually evaluating you know, our, I, I tell our kids this right when we do family worship you know we go youngest to oldest and they're to thank god for one thing and ask god for one thing and they'll say god thank you for a good day 
and if, if they've said that like two or three nights in a row, uh, some people might think I'm mean for saying that. They'll say, you know, we should not pray dumb prayers. And I, I know some people are going to be, but my thought with my, my reason for saying it, it's a dumb prayer. It's a thoughtless prayer. Mm-hmm. No, no. What are you actually thankful for? Mm-hmm. What, what, what did God do mm-hmm. that you can actually thank him for? Mm-hmm. And I think we can do that even with our conf- with our confessions. Lord, forgive me for my sins. Mm-hmm. Well, what? How did you sin? Mm-hmm. What did you do? What did you think? What did you say? Mm-hmm. What did you feel that that was wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, what was your tone with your wife? Were you impatient with your newborn baby son? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what, what was it? Uh, and and this is where I think Martin Luther is very helpful. And some people do not like the larger catechism because of its uh, exhaustive treatment. I would argue it's not actually exhaustive, but it's it's can feel at times exhaustive treatment of the Ten Commandments. Mm. But if you're ever wrestling with how to confess specific sins specifically, I would... There's a reason why the lar- larger catechism's literally sitting on my desk. That, like this, like dead serious. When there are times when I'm struggling with what do I confess... When I get into this rut, I'll do what Luther said and go meditate on the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And I realize, whoa, Mm. I am way off the mark Mm. in my marriage, in my discipling the children, in my care for God's people, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Mm. um, just a practical help. You know, if if somebody's struggling. I know sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's other helps that I have on my shelf for when I'm struggling with adoration, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, but we'll get there next time. <laughs> get there next time. Um, so be specific about specific sins. Um, I love this quote, unconfessed sin makes the heavens mm-hmm. seem like brass. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we get off the air, I'll uh, have you tell me all your specific sins, but I just, <laughs> I'll, I, and I'll give you absolute pardon. No I was going to say, what is this? <laughs> you just call me father. <laughs> no, no, that's a joke. That's a give joke. you a 401k for it. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we, we need to stop. I'm going to pray for us before we get too loopy here. Uh, Lord, thank you so much. Father, for you are a holy, holy, holy God. Lord, before you, the entire earth quakes. For you are a master. You are our creator. Father, we confess to you that we are not devoted as we ought to be. For we are fickle and weak children in desperate need of your Holy Spirit. God, I plead with you for myself and for Simon that we might be devoted men, devoted to your word, devoted to prayer, devoted to actually confessing our sins both to you and to each other. Lord, that you might receive the glory, that you might build us up in our faith and conform us more and more to the image and likeness of Christ. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to do it. We cannot do these things on our own. So please, Lord, watch over our souls. Sanctify us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, man. You want to say bye? Until next time. (laughs) Yeah.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Student Podcast. Feel free to go over to the website, sharonrpc.org backslash student and find more information and other shows. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. Have a great day.